1975. And back then, uh, I was one of the young guys, and there's all these old blokes, and now I'm one of the old blokes. <laughs> I don't know. I look at this weekend that we've just had, and we're not going to harp on it, but gee, it's been great, hasn't it? Great weekend of celebration, 100 years, fantastic. The uh, Friday night was awesome, and you know the storytelling. I, I, I got some great insights out of that, and how good was it to have Hayden and, um, and Dale and, uh, and uh, Ali sharing and singing, and I just thought at the end of the, uh, that night, the way that you wrapped it up with your, your grandfather, Percy Spriggs' song, and I thought, how good is it that we're, standing, we're sitting here in the midst of a whole bundle of people, and they're hearing the gospel. You know, the, the testimony of a man like Percy, just a great day. And then we had the breakfast yesterday morning and in the street and the food and the fun. It was just a great day of connecting with people. And, and Mike's there singing from, what, five in the morning to midnight type stuff? Far out. He went through 100 decades of songs. It was, what, it was 8.30 through to 1 o'clock. It was awesome. And just to have that flowing through the background, now and again you'd hear a hymn come through and a song and that reveals something about Jesus. And that's something of the community we're in here. It's uh, the, the cross, the, the, the reality of Jesus in, is embedded in this community. It's fantastic. And then last night at the, uh, the dance, it was uh, just a real fun celebration. You know, I saw some of you going for it. You know, you see ones like Raymer and Jeff doing cartwheels on the... On the on the floor, and then Robin bent. Robin here this morning, she's probably still recovering. Robin was visiting from Adelaide, and she was going for it. It was just a, a great night and a great, great weekend of celebration. You know, there's others of you put a ton of work into that, and um, I know a few of you were working your butts off to make it happen. But, yeah, there's so many people that you look back over the years, and I'm not from Mucker, obviously, but um, been involved for a long time, and I, you look back over the years, and... And you also see, as Jeff alluded to, what God has done here. What God has done. The people. I think the church from Nola's uh, recollections, 85 years old, around 85 years old. But uh, the gospel has been going, ringing out through this town for longer than probably 85 years. It's, uh, it's a really exciting thing. And so I thought about um, the 100th anniversary and I thought, oh, let's have a look at Psalm 100. All right, that's a good place to start, eh? Or finish as well. Psalm 100. Let's, uh, let's read this. Let's read it together. It's on the screen. It's a great psalm to read out. So you can read it from the words on the screen as well. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are... His. We are his people, the sheep of his... Hey, Maka gets a mention here, sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, his love endures forever, his faithfulness continues through all generations. We've talked about the generational faithfulness of God coming through here. You know, whenever I'm walking... I walk a lot and pray a lot. I don't sound like that sounds terrible. I do pray, but when I walk, I love to pray and sing. And sometimes I'm really discouraged. There's a lot of stuff going through your brain. Whenever I see a willy wagtail, that's a, st that's a stimulus for me to praise God. 
It's just something that, uh, you know, there's certain things that stimulate you to do something. Whenever I see a woolly wagtail, it just drops down in front of you. Immediately I start to laugh because it's like God saying, David, you think you've got it tough. You think there's a lot of tough stuff. Just rejoice. And it just lifts my whole spirit, the woolly wagtail. You know, something happens. This psalm is all about praising God. Something happens. Not just in here, but something happens in the heavenlies when we celebrate and when we praise the Lord, when we rejoice. And the reality is, when's a good time to praise the Lord? Always. Every day is a great day to praise the Lord, to celebrate God, because God is always at work, even in the mess. He's at work in you. He's at work through you. He's at work in this church. He's at work in mucker in ways that you can see some of, but there's others you can't see what's going on. But he's at work there. He's at work where you're working. He's at work in your school. God is at work. You know, so as I looked at this psalm, and really the psalms, they're a prayer book. They're a song book. They're a praise book. You could do a lot worse than praying Psalm 100 every day. It's a great psalm. We praise the Lord because. Why do we praise the Lord? Well, even looking at this psalm, if you look at verse 3, God is God. Know that the Lord is God. And know that you're not God. <laughs> Sometimes we take a lot of stuff on and we feel like, oh, we've got to make this happen. You're not God. God's God. He's at work. He's the Almighty One, the Lord God Almighty. It's mentioned often in Scripture. He is the Lord God Almighty. He's powerful. He's able to do far more than you can ask or imagine. He's sovereign. Nothing takes God by surprise. He's at work in ways that astound us. And then also in verse 3 it says, "We, It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. You know, we are created by God and we are recreated by God. Now he's taken us and saved us. At some point in, in, in your life, as Jeff shared about generational impact, at some point in your life, if you're in Christ, you had to actually make some sort of response to God that was positive. At that point, he got a hold of your life. And he's committed to transforming you. You have a part to play in that, but the Spirit is committed to transforming you. He doesn't hang back. He doesn't sort of say, oh, you're on your own now. He got a hold of your life. He's on your team. You're on his team. It's a great thing. He's looking after you. You know, it's good to reflect back and notice who's played a part in your life. To notice when and how God has actually done some work in your life. It's good to notice. There's a spiritual practice of noticing that we can only practice when we slow down a bit and reflect you know, I was um, praying with one of my close friends one time and I was, I was putting on the table a whole pile of heavy stuff that I, was, I felt it was heavy, that I was dealing with. And my mate, James Goss, actually, he's a guy who's preached up here, I think once anyway. He said to me, hey, David, um, God's just asked me to ask you a question. I said, oh, yeah. Um, what's the question? And he says, ask David, this is God speaking, ask David, have I ever let him down? I said, well, the correct answer is probably no. Hasn't always felt that way, but 
hasn't always felt that he hasn't let me down. But immediately I got the sense from, from God just saying, I never have and I never will let you down. I've got you. You are mine. I've got you. Stay there. Stay in that relationship. You know, I mean, another time I was just going through things, as you guys as farmers and wherever you're from in other scenarios, at times you go through a bit of a worry about money. Well, you mightn't, but I, I at times do. Even though, you know, as Derek said, we, we are the rich people in this world, you know. But I was worried about some money stuff, just some things that were happening. And uh, I just felt a prompting from God to just start to make a list of all the ways that he's provided for me financially over the years. And um, it was amazing. Some were quite miraculous, particularly to do with missional stuff, but just miraculous things. And it was just, I had a whole page of stuff just written down. And uh, it just helped remind me that God is God and God is the God who provides for me. He's the Jehovah Jireh. And he's not a mean God. He doesn't sort of say, well, I'll give you a bit of a drip feed here. It's an abundant, lavish giving. He's saying, just keep your arms open. Keep praising me. Keep serving me. It's an awesome thing. So I just encourage you. Enjoy the journey. Keep trusting him. So we can praise the Lord because of who God is and the fact that we are his. But also, in verse 5, it's a beautiful passage, beautiful verse. The Lord is good. It doesn't say the Lord does good things. It says the Lord is good. That's who he is. He's good. The Lord is good. His love and faithfulness go on throughout the generations. They're forever. He never withholds his love. He never withholds his faithfulness. He never withholds his goodness because he can't because that's who he is. It's not dependent on us, but we will experience it, the reality and the joy of it as we praise him. You know, some, actually many people, we do too as well, others probably worse than us, have distorted views of God. And sometimes when life is hard and we know we live in a fallen world it's easy to praise god a eh, when the crops are <laughs> and very thick but we live in a fallen world and tough things happen to good people and some of you have been through some awful things in life but you know life is unfair that's a reality but god is super fair he's above fairness god is good God is always at work in the midst of it. You know, this song we sang, The Goodness of God, I asked if we could sing that one. It's been my, probably my, my go-to song for the last three or four years. And I remember the first time we sang it in a church, and it wasn't at our church, it was another church. As, as we sang it, it just grabbed my heart. All my life, all my days, you have been so good to me. All my life you've been so, so faithful. Just grab me. The goodness and the faithfulness of God. You know, Psalm 100 says rejoice. Rejoice. God is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. Do it. 
it is still important to praise God and to celebrate God and to acknowledge God when things aren't going well. That's the time where we are actually on our knees in those tough times. Yeah. I love uh, quite a few of the Psalms that, you know, when you read through a lot of the Psalms, there's often three main, three factors in them. One is we live in a fallen world. Help, Lord, where, where are you? What are you doing? The enemies are beating me up. The other thing, there's an aspect of who God is. But God is good. God is faithful. Now, this psalm that we're reading this morning, there hasn't got a lot of the fallen world stuff. But there's always this fact of who God is and what God is doing. And the other part of a psalm is my response. My response to God I will choose to rejoice I will trust you I will acknowledge that you are God it's always uh, it's always running through the Psalms and the same I was thinking of Habakkuk 3 it's a, a chorus we used to sing back in the 70s and 80s you know though the fig tree does not blow another one I'll read it to you but I won't sing it though the fig tree does not bud there are no grapes on the vine. So Habakkuk, this is the chapter 3, the last chapter of the book that he's writing, the last few verses. The world then is in a complete shamozzle for Israel. And Habakkuk's a prophet. And he says there's no figs, there's no grapes on the vines, <clears throat> there's no olive crop that's failed. There's no sheep in the pen, no, field, no food in the fields, there's no cattle in the stalls. Verse 18, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. No reason to that I can see, but I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. So when I praise him in the midst of the mess, he enables me to actually walk above the mess. He changes something within you, changes something. You know, when you think about the highs and lows of life, I, I don't reckon it's like this. It's not the valleys and the mountains. I reckon it's more like two railroad, railroad, railroad tracks that run parallel. One track is the fantastic things in life and one is the tough things in life and they are simultaneously. We've got tough stuff going on, we've got good stuff going on at the same time. And we praise God in the midst of it. You know, so really, the trials of life, the, the tough things in life, we don't want to minimize those because they, they are pretty hard at times. But they're an opportunity. They're an opportunity to trust. They're an opportunity to persevere. You know, Jeff mentioned the word resilience. It's an incredible thing. Your, the older people had resilience and have resilience. Trials are an opportunity to grow to maturity. We don't grow to maturity through easy life. <laughs> we need tough things so that we can trust God and we see him actually at work in the midst of the mess. That's when we experience God. And I was thinking about it, you know, the other options, not rejoicing, not celebrating God, not praising him in the midst of all that stuff, the other options are not real helpful. Worry, complain, Rely on yourself, anxiety. What does that do? <laughs> Spirals us down. Makes us toxic. Just not helpful to anyone. 
Now in Hebrews 13 verse 15 it says, Through Jesus therefore let us continually, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that confess his name. And I remember reading that the first time a while ago and thinking the sacrifice of praise. What's a sacrifice of praise? And I realized it's praising God when there's no reason to that we see. It's a sacrifice. It costs me. And I thought about that and I said, you know, and I was thinking, yeah, there is a cost to praising God when I don't really feel like it. I don't see, an, I don't see anything to praise God for. It costs me. It costs me a bit of humility. It might cost me a bit of uh, swallowing pride. But on the other side, the cost of not doing it is worse. cost of not praising God, the cost of not rejoicing is far worse. It just takes us down. It takes us down. Not a magic formula, but the results of praising God are peace, fresh hope, encouragement, strength, perspective. We get our head from here and we lift it up a bit. We're able to breathe. We actually realize God is God. I don't know what's going on at the moment, God, but you do. And I'm planning to trust you. So it lifts our heads up. It's an incredible thing. And therefore, it impacts other people. The overflow touches others. And that's a great thing as well. Has kingdom impact. Well, there's many ways we can celebrate God. In this uh, passage, it gives us a few in verses 1 and 2, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Uh, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. There are all ways we can celebrate God. Now words like shout, rejoice, worship, sing, thanksgiving and praise. It's not a sense of a very quiet little but it's okay to be quiet. You know, some of us are louder in our praise and worship and celebration of God, but it's okay to be quiet in your praise. But it seems here there's something happens when we actually beef something out, when we actually say, praise God. Burst forth in praise. My encouragement is give it a shot. I was chatting to Alan Nickel yesterday, and he said, David, you're preaching now. He said, I remember a story you shared where you shared about... Um, you were in a car and you, were, and you started praising God loudly. And, and I said, yeah, it's a good story. I'll tell it again, just in case you missed it. I was, uh, I was driving along and I was feeling, again, quite discouraged. You might think, I mean, I'm discouraged all the time. I'm not, but I was just feeling pretty discouraged. I was actually driving to a friend's place. We we're going to go to Nepal, actually. And we were just, I wanted to pray with him about some stuff. And it's just heavy stuff. It's a spiritual battle at times. And... And I park at the lights, and it's a red light. I'm on the left-hand lane. There's a right-hand lane. There's a car park there. And suddenly it's like God says, what the heck are you doing? Just rejoice. And I thought, praise the Lord. And I'm by myself in the car, so I just went, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I just happened to look to the right. There was two young guys in the car next to me, and they're both like this. He winds his window down. Oh, sorry, winds the window down. <laughs> I put mine down. He goes, what station are you listening to, bro? <laughs> I said, oh, I'm just excited. And he goes, oh, well done. And then he goes that way and I keep going. 
It does have an impact. We don't have to do it everywhere. Ramos sometimes says to me, like, can you just not sing all the time? Especially when you're in, you're in another country, you know, and they don't understand English, so you just burst out into a praise song. And she's like, where on earth did that come from? Hey, why not? We're all different, aren't we? It's okay to praise God quietly. Praise God however you can. Celebrate him. But do it. It is good to be exuberant in our praise. Um, <laughs> try it when no one else is around. Just try something a bit different. Just go, praise the Lord! <laughs> and the camel might get upset, but no one else will. You know. just, just practice some of this stuff and see what happens. I will just mention a little bit about singing together, because singing together is a really... It's an interesting thing. Some people love it and some people are like, yeah, I can do without it. Some people love singing hymns. Some people love singing uh, Bethel or Hillsong or choruses or whatever. We like singing songs we know. Some don't like new songs. There's a whole pile of stuff, but we're family, you know, and family has to actually get on together. I love to sing. Um, and obviously this psalm is big on sing, sing, sing. We usually sing in church to some degree. You know, some of us struggle for a number of reasons with singing. You might think, I don't want people to hear me because I'm a hopeless singer. And that's, that's, that's fine. I don't worry too much about that for me. But anyway, but realize that if you love to sing and uh, go for it, go for it. Because there may be the person next to you or near you or in front of you, they need to be reminded of who God is. They need to hear what is being said and sung. They need your voice. Uh, for those that struggle to sing or don't like singing, realize that singing is not the point. That's not the point of the whole exercise. It's being part of a shared experience. It's like reading scripture together. It's like praying together. It's a praying together. It's a praising together got the same words we're following. Different tunes we might be on, but that's okay. The key thing is to be fully engaged. So when you get a song you don't like, don't sing, oh, far out, we're doing this one again. Don't switch off or be resistant because there's something happens in the spirit when you do that. Stay engaged. If you don't like the song, you don't like, you don't like to sing, then or you don't like the tune, then read the words. And pray the words. Pray the words out. Say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. But stay engaged in the whole process. Okay? Stay engaged. Uh, one of the ladies that works with us in our church is Liz Roberts. She spent six year, eight years over in Indonesia as a missionary, and she's now working with us. And she was in church one day. She's been through a heck of a lot of stuff over there. And she was sitting in our church, and she started to get a bit, bit antsy on the fact that no one seemed to be very passionate about singing and she's belly aching to herself about far there's no passion here about no one's really excited about what they're singing this is, a, this is an awesome god we're singing about it or singing too and and she's going on like this to herself not to everyone else and she felt god say to her well i tell you what i like it a lot more than what i'm seeing in you <laughs> and she's like <laughs> And she realized, I'm just judgment. I'm making a judgment call on people. I have no idea what's going on in people's life, but I'm making a judgment call because they're singing with not much expression. And God just says, well, I like that way more than you're griping. 
And I know uh, a few of us were in um, South Africa. I was chatting to Ian and Joel Shedbolt yesterday and, and with Ross Underwood and about 40 of us, we were over at the Mighty Men's Conference in 2010 in Africa. 400,000 men singing. I mean, I wouldn't go around the world to hear anyone speak, but to be a part of an event like that, it was like, this is awesome. You know, and we have a church of 50 singing praise to God. This is awesome. My overnight prayer retreats with me, mate, two of us, and we love to sing and praise God. Some think that's weird, but it's great. I love it. I love singing by myself. So it doesn't matter what the numbers are, but it's significant that we, we do sing. We do sing. You know, singing praise to God is not just the prelude to the message. <laughs> that is where stuff happens. Stuff happens in the singing Singing, praising, celebrating God is a spiritual weapon. It's a light in the darkness. It opens it up. It's like an arrow into the darkness. It opens it up for God's light to enter. I know I've heard more than a handful of testimonies overseas, particularly in Asia, of, where, of people who were drawn to Christ because they went past the church, Hindus, Muslims and Buddhists, they walked past the church, they heard the worship, and they were drawn in. They were drawn in. They thought, this is beautiful. There's something beautiful here. And it wasn't the quality of the singing. It was the joy. And, and the Spirit of God drew them to himself through the worship. Very significant. There's power in it. So, again, singing together, it affirms faith. It, it builds hope and life. Gives us a laugh at times. Reminds us of the resurrection. Reminds us of who God is. It's all reinforced so that we can overflow with who God is as we enter back into our world. You know, the other one there is uh, thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. I was chatting to one of our girls in our church. She was two years ago. She's just been a part of the tennis team that won the, the cup for WA, actually. And, um, and she was just asking questions. Her dad and her met with me just to talk about how do I, how, how I honour God and still play tennis? Am I allowed to be competitive? And I said, you betcha. I said, actually, tennis is mentioned in the Bible. Psalm 100 verse 4. Enter his courts with praise. <laughs> I said, um, as long as you enter his, your courts with praise, we're okay. Yeah. You know, as Jeff said today, just, just thank God for this town. Thank God for your forefathers. Thank God for your foremothers, for the people who impacted your life, who prayed. You know, I just went to a funeral in Harvey last week, a 96-year-old lady, um, probably one of the last ones in mum and dad's generation to die. Died the same week as the Queen at the same age. And I thought her name's not going to be over all the... Uh, the the media across the world, but God's going to welcome a home. And it got me thinking about all the people in Harvey, the ones who I thought all these old people who were pretty boring, but they prayed for me. Now give thanks for, for, to God for the people who impacted your life that you don't even know about. And for the ones who you do know about, tell them. Tell them the impact they've had on you. Just say, hey, I want, you, I want to say thanks for encourage me uh, or for sharing Jesus with me. It just, it's so helpful. 
Be intentional in this. You know, I try and um, on a regular basis just write out a thank list. Just thanking God for blah, 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 and just write it out. Because it's too easy to not notice and not remember what God has done. It's too easy to, to complain and to grumble. And that just becomes toxic. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, in everything give thanks. And then it says, For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do you want to do God's will? It's a great place to start. Rejoice always, pray continually. Pray continually is not always just speaking words to God because you can't do that. But it's having a, a leaning towards God at all times. There's, a, there's a, a, a fact that you're actually moving towards God. You're thinking. Something happens, you say, God, what do I do here? You know, and we're not going to get that right, for goodness sake. But there's this leaning towards. Rejoice always, pray continually, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. The benefits are um, um, amazing. You know, a friend of mine, uh, he's a retired pastor now, but when he was uh, in ministry, no, he just finished his uh, church ministry. Uh, a guy called Ron Cook. His um, his wife uh, passed away with cancer, and they'd been married forty eight years, and it was really you know, it was, they were they were lovebirds. And at one point, I said to him, "Hey, mate, um, how how are you actually dealing with this?" And he said, "My neighbour, his wife died as well." And he's just gone down and down and down into a pity party, a spiral. And he said, I, I decided I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. He said, what I've decided to do is I've decided to thank God for every year that we had together. To thank God for the 48 years we had together. Once again, good choice, not easy to do. There are benefits to practicing the Psalm 100. Rejoicing, praising God, celebrating, giving thanks. And I just encourage you to practice it. To practice it. As I said, read it every day. Either before, as the day starts or at the end. Psalms are beautiful to read and remind you that God is God. So one of the benefits, it pleases God. It's his will. Want to go there. Uh, we are ministered to. We get perspective. We get a peace. We get a strength. We get encouragement. We know that uh, I'm not God. God is God. We know that God's working. It reminds us of that. Uh, and, the, and it also then blesses others. Because as we are changed, the overflow impacts others in your world. People are freed. And therefore, there's kingdom advancement. It opens doors for God to move and for the Spirit to move in ways that you may never realize. So can I just encourage you? Give it a shot. If it's, You might think, it's just not me, David. Give it a shot. You don't have to be like me. You don't have to be like someone else. This is you just practicing something maybe a bit different. Take one or two steps and see what happens. And you, many of you have been involved in sport or music or anything where you actually got good at something it doesn't happen it happened because you tried harder it happens because you trained and you practiced and that's what this is about the more we practice praising God giving thanks to God rejoicing in God celebrating God 
the more it will become part of who we are. We get better at it, so to speak. It becomes natural. Let's pray. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.